Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Punk Rock MBA podcast. Really quickly, before we get into this episode, I wanted to mention my Patreon. Patrons get all of the podcasts a week early. I do giveaways, I do some other stuff, but most importantly, if you want me to review your music or artwork or anything else, Patreon is the way to do that. Every month, I do a call for submissions. All you need to do if you want me to review something is just post it in the comments of that post. Then I will review it live on Twitch for the hundreds of people that tune into every stream and post it on Patreon for everyone to check out. All you need to do is just join at the $10 and up level, stay tuned for that post, and you are good to go. So if that sounds cool to you and you want me to review your music, artwork, or anything else, hit the link in the show notes for this episode. And thank you very much to everyone who supports over on Patreon. Anders, welcome to the show. Uh, I gotta say, I really appreciate that you are a fellow hat wearer. People in my (laughs) comments make fun of me all the time for wearing hats, but I said, if Anders does it, it's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I wear it all the time, almost. I don't wear it when I sleep. I'm not in the shower. But... You could start. Well, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe I need to get a beard as well. Maybe maybe that is what would make it okay. No, no, no. you look all right. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'll tell everyone you said it was okay. Well, thank you very much for making time for this. I appreciate it. I guess the, the first question that I think a lot of people have probably asked you, but I'm going to ask you as well. With the new EP, the new songs, you have kind of gone back to the older style. It sounds amazing. Everybody seems to be loving that. What prompted you to kind of go back to that sound? I feel we didn't. You know, we, 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 uh, the only thing we said uh, going into this album was let's focus a little bit more on the production, let's bring the guitars a little bit more in the forefront, in the mix, and then, and, and more focus on getting some punchy drums, stuff like that. Uh, and I think that is what, I mean, obviously we talk about taste here and, and vibes yeah. and whatever. It's very personal. I think that's what's people, what people hear. I mean, we, uh, we attack the album, the writing the same way, you know, I think the DNA of Inflames, that's melody and aggression. And that's what we go for, you know, and then, and the mix, and we don't want to write the same album, you know, and there are years in between. Uh, we don't write when we're in in between albums. We don't write on the road. We we set a date and then we go in and we do it. And it's interesting. I, I find because I obviously I've done a lot of interviews now for, for com- leading up to the album, and when I hear that going back to something, but I don't. I, 
I don't necessarily know what people mean exactly because we have so many, you know, there's like, do you mean 2015 or five or 94? What, what, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> um, so, yeah, but it, I mean, you know, to me, if you like it, that's awesome. If you don't, then sorry, I can't help you. <laughs> but it's very important, I guess, to describe music for someone, you know, like to put it in a box. And I, 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 mm-hmm. I don't want to be associated with one particular box. I, I like to be in several. <laughs> I feel we, we, what we have created is an album that really explains what In Flames is about, you know, without me having to explain every single thing. I want people's interpretation. And if that means, as I said, what year, what album, whatever that they can attach this album to, then so so be it. And yeah. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I, I agree with you. People act like the band has changed a lot. And I went before we did this, I went back and listened to all their older albums just to make sure that I was familiar. I was like, you know, I don't actually think I mean, obviously, you started using more clean vocals at one point. But other than that, I don't actually really think the band changed all that much. Obviously, there are songs and so on. But I said to a bunch of people now, just an experiment, it would be interesting if we could record every single song of our discography and every album with the same circumstances, you know, same people, same instruments, the same feeling we have going in to record that. I think it would be way more similar, to be honest, you know, it, 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 but but now because of years in between and also as a fan, you 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 don't you might not think it, you think you stay the same, but you change inputs and you change, you know, what you like and don't like. And and, and yeah, so so and it is it's, it's it's funny with our band. It's like we always have to talk about this <laughs> you know like right. it's like we have to defend our choices or whatever yeah. it is and you know and i i i mean i'm aware that, and and i think i don't know i don't think i i definitely believe and everyone that everyone ha- you are entitled to your opinion and that's totally fine you know and if, if from my point of view if you join the game if you sign a deal and re- record an album and you release it you you should be open to criticism good or bad you know like it's i can't hide behind that but you know this is i try to put my heart and soul into the music and when i give the album to the record company i am 100 percent satisfied like every time and then it's way easier for me to um to sit back and relax when the album is out you know like i i don't have to i am not worried because i know i like it i know i've done my best and um and for me, it's also a way of, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like I've, I've owned the album up until the release this 10th, February the 10th, right? Then I don't, I, the album don't belong to me anymore. It belongs to someone else, to the people. Like, and and where, wherever that take the album, the sound, the, the band, I'm not in control. You know? So it's, 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 it's no point in me if someone said something that I don't agree with. I, I can't, there's no, why should I even bother, you know? Uh, and and try to convince that person person to think different. It, it's not it's not fair. It's not right. And it's just like it is what it is. I think you made a really good point about fans changing. You know, I, I'm sure you've heard a lot of people basically tell you for 20 years to make Clayman Part Two. I think what people forget is that part of what makes Clayman Clayman to them is who they were at the time they heard it. Like if you heard that album for the first time today. It wouldn't be the same thing to you 
as when you heard it 20 years ago, when you were 20 years younger, a different point in your life. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, not not at all. And it's extremely difficult for bands to compete with something that a fan heard for the first time. I love this album. Like, okay, whatever we do next will not be, could be close, but it's not up to par. And also, I think we all, I mean, I'm I'm the same, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm a musical fan too. I mean, people don't forget that. I, I do love music. <laughs> like I have my favorite bands and I might not agree with everything that that band released, you know? So yeah, it's it's, it's difficult to, to, to satisfy everybody. Because if like a thousand people said, write this song, I, I know we would have a thousand different versions or choices or or preferences or or whatever so it, it it's um yeah just enjoy it you know <laughs> well one thing i've realized from interviewing bands now for you know 20 years or whatever is in flames i would say is probably one of the top three most influential bands i would say along with meshuga and lincoln park that is how influential you guys have been like every band that I've interviewed for the past probably 15 years has mentioned in flames and you guys seem very humble about it, but I'm sure you've heard the same thing as well. And how does it feel to know that you have that kind of a legacy? It's difficult to grasp to be actually too honest. And I mean, I'm very honored when someone say that we're an influence. As soon as I hang up on the, the, this call, it's not like I'm going outside and scream you know like, about I, i'm an influence to these like, i mean you can you can do it if you want yeah but that's not that's not our style you tell the guy at the grocery store do you know who i am honestly i only used that once that <laughs> i do know i mean it was to for for my uh to get my son into a kiss concert when he was a little bit too young because i thought okay. that would be from father to son that's where that's yeah. where you you know, pass the torch, you know, like here it's you a go. good reason to use it. Yeah, that's the only time I used it and it worked actually. So, but uh, never again. And now he's old enough, so he will just be embarrassed. No, but I mean, it's awesome. It, it's great. I mean, I'm influenced by others too. That's how it works. And that's how, what I love about this genre. How we take it forward. I mean, I think when you start a new band, you, you want to become your heroes and then you find your sound and you develop a sound that is yours and that i probably something i'm most proud of at the end of the day you know when when we're done that we we started in a small city in, in sweden and, and didn't know much and we just we created a sound that traveled the world so i'm more more proud of that i think than than a song or a album it's like we made something that is recognized with some other bands as well of course but you know it's it's that's pretty cool and it's crazy i mean who here I am many years later, and it's easy to look back. Uh, and, but, but, you know, it's like, who knew? You know, like, that's insane. Because we were like 30, 30 guys in Gothenburg doing this, or 40, you know. And then then most of them are still around and still doing their thing and have their own identity, which is extremely cool. I mean, I remember when In Flames and At The Gates came out, or at least became kind of People in America became aware of it around the time that Slaughter of the Soul came out and Jester Race came out, and it just changed absolutely everything. I mean, like overnight, people went from, you know, copying DSI and Cannibal Corpse to copying you guys. It was just like one of those things where everything changed instantly. I remember us going on tour with Earth Crisis. Like they came from a, the hardcore scene and we came with what we did. And that was, um, some i think that when people came to see that tour 
something happen, you know, in mm-hmm. in, in a way, because the the blend of the, the hardcore and 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 the melody that that we took from from you know our inspirations. Yeah, I mean that was basically the beginning of metalcore. I mean, like that tour, everyone like, oh, what if we put these two things together? That would be cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's and it's funny. And when we many years later, I'm doing interviews and people telling me we're doing metalcore. I'd be like, what? Like what? Like <laughs> I don't. Okay, <laughs> whatever you want to call right. it. But I, that's not you know we, that's not where we base our you know uh, that's not ground zero for in flames. I mean, it's it's like mind blowing to me how big not only in flames, but just melodic death metal in general got like that. It got as big as it did. I thought Jester Race and Horacle and Slaughter of the Soul were huge. Like I couldn't imagine it getting bigger than it was in 1998. And, you know, 25 years later, obviously, it's 10 times bigger than I could have ever dreamed. And I'm sure you as well. Yeah, and it's cool to see bands like Kill Switch and 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 that those type of bands. I mean, they are def- definitely their own sound, and uh, but I can hear similarities, and I know we share a share a, a, a very cool history, you know. Um, and 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 they are you know that big in over in in the states, so it's it's very cool to see. Um, but I think we all came at the right time, you know, and then. You know, it's it's some other styles were passing, and all of a sudden, this music came. And because when we started, there was barely no, I mean, the internet were in its uh, you know early early days. Uh, I remember even our first uh, web page were like uh, I don't know how many words and numbers and and symbols in ha- it had in it. And we have a shirt with that. It's it's pretty insane, you know. When when I think it's like. 40 50 letters <laughs> i don't mm-hmm. know it's, it's not in flames.com it's something else you know tripod or something yes and we we could do this on a, we were like in a bubble in a way like you know when we started it was like tape trading and you know everything like that it, right news traveled really really slow which was good for us because we were not influenced today there's so much information and so much like a pressure on on bands that you have to be in a certain style to fit in and whatever and and you know, there's, there's so much music, and the it's so it's pretty easy to get out, or it's very easy to to put your music out, but it's way more difficult to be heard. I think, you know. Yeah, I mean, back then, if you know, Metal Maniacs or something gave you a good review, that would really change things for your band. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, definitely. So I find it really interesting. Sort of this, um, it's almost like Europe and America are like two different worlds you know a band can be huge in america and irrelevant in europe and vice versa um and and you guys have been one of the few bands to really kind of do both and it seems like it's just really difficult for european artists to kind of get known over here is there one thing that you think changed that for you i feel like ozfest was kind of a big deal is there one thing that kind of put in flames over in america I mean, we were lucky. Like we got help from you know, bands like Mudvayne and Slayer and 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 other others, you know, and uh, the Ozfest and and um, what else? I mean, the bigger ones that that we, we never went to Warp Tour, but you know, we did the other ones. And uh, Sounds on the Underground was a big deal, I think, for for a lot of these bands like us. I mean, we started, we came over in a time 
in a good time, uh, end of 99 or early 2000s, something like that. And we were kind of on our on our own in a way. And it, it was awesome. It was awesome. But we always we never focused on one territory. We always been like all over the place. Um, but you're right. It, it is different. It is a different um, um, atmosphere. And it's interest. I mean, now we have you know, three Americans in the band and they usually, when we do meet and greets and, and, and we talk to fans and stuff like that, they, that's a question that we get to hear a lot of times. Like what is the difference between, between the States and the, and, and Europe and fans are different because it is a different culture. Like uh, when it comes to what metal means, I, I don't think it is as trend sensitive in Europe as it is mm-hmm. uh, in the States. And we don't really have the impact of, active rock you know like in the states like we have over here like breaking benjamin or whatever yeah 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 and, and we kind of i guess we tried our label tried our management tried a little bit with us too but it's not it's not working for us it's, we're not that type of band you know it's either you're in the club and then you get all these festivals and 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 you get whatever comes along with the active rock or you're outside and you do you're totally your own thing right and then it's a different fan base too i guess yeah, the festivals over here has been really celebrating heavy metal and, and underground metal, too. You can see big bands together with uh, upcoming acts, and it's not driven by so much about sales and, and, and what's happening on the radio, of course. Um, I mean, we're getting more and more of those festivals, and the festivals in the U.S. Are, are becoming way better, you know. And we've we played a bunch of now really cool ones that look feels more like European. Actually, they care about the bands, too. They're... They're toilets for the bands. <laughs> and there's a dressing room for the bands. You know, I remember back in the 90s when bands like Madball or whatever or Earth Crisis would go to Europe and they'd be like, oh, my God, this is amazing. They actually treat us like humans over there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So but it's getting better and better still, you know, 2023, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should, too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effie Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11.
But first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, you can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use Hyperfollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. It seems like now it's so hard for European bands to make it in America that they, a lot of them just don't even try. And I understand why, because it's so expensive to get over here and deal with visas yeah. and all that stuff. And, you know, you look at a band like Nightwish or something like that, that's just absolutely massive in Europe. And they do come over here, but not very much. And and I understand why, but it's kind of a shame. Yeah, it's it. There's you know, we we also get that question from from people who are dealing with the touring you know side and and management and stuff like that. Should you not? Maybe you should skip America for a couple of years, you know, because it's that expensive. And now uh, after COVID, it's just insane, you know. And it's difficult to get hold of buses, and the gas prices are insane, and, and gear and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, it's tough, but we for when it comes to we're a touring band, so I I would we, we would love we we do it anyway, and and you know we can play small clubs, we can play big festival stages, we can do anything. I mean, we we play for the people that come around, and and you know I I I I I, I mean obviously you know it's dictated by economy, but I rather than make less so I can play than than not playing at all you know you know what i mean because i love this too much and especially you know again at covid i was you know we can't take this for granted it won't last forever you know and and bands always think you know we you uh, we really we record an album release an album and then we go on tour and we expect people to be at all time buy merch buy whatever i tell them to jump they should jump all that stuff but that's not you know that's we can't have that mindset anymore not like like last year when we got back and we, we were touring every show was it was special like because it could be the last that's how i felt yeah maybe fans and the bands realized they were taking it for granted a little bit yeah i think so i think so i mean some cities you know they're bands all the time and you'd be like ah, i skip it this time they will always come around you know but if bands come now that i want to see you know this is a better it might be their last time so 
it's a pre pre after COVID, I think, vibe overall. So you still love being out there on the road. I mean, we're about the same age. I can't imagine being on the road as much as you guys are. Sounds like you still love it. Yeah, yeah, we we really do. I mean, and friends come come out and hang out for for a couple of days in the tour bus. They need a you know a two week vacation after that. <laughs> yeah, we are so used to it, and and the energy that we get when we play the energy that we trade with the fans and with the audience and and it's so rewarding it's it's um of course you're a little bit more tired when you wake up and get out of bed but the actual show makes up for it you know i wouldn't say that traveling is the greatest thing in the world because it's like i've been to a lot of countries i've been on so many different planes and i've been in so many different cities but i haven't seen them you know <laughs> right when relatives ask me like, oh you've been traveling you're like yeah well i haven't seen you. i just like i see inside a club maybe a bar around the corner <laughs> <laughs> right yeah yeah you don't get too much time to actually see the sights um but you get to meet a lot of people and it's still cool yeah yeah no 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 for sure and we made so many cool you know friends build up relationship through the years people all over the planet so that's amazing so and we will continue i mean you know as long as the legs can carry us and or actually when we when you lose the feeling of let's say you play a couple of shows in a row and you'd be like ah i'd rather be at home or, or somewhere else then i think you lost, lost touch with what you do you know then then you shouldn't be here but when you walk off stage and feel like, oh this is the greatest thing ever and then then when you have that feeling then you we will continue you you mentioned playing anywhere from you know these big festivals to clubs. I'm not in a band, but for me, obviously, like you make more money playing festivals. But I, I would have to imagine it's a lot more fun to play a club. Totally different things, but yeah, I, I mean the energy that that's in a small club. You know, you're in people's faces, and 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 there's a little bit more of an interaction, especially from from me, like as a vocalist and between songs when i talk to people it's different from a, a festival where you play in front of 60,000 people it's just a it's a little bit more faceless you know but i i love that too you know the, the, the ego boost of having 60,000 people jumping it's very difficult to get somewhere else yeah i mean that's amazing and to your point that's like kind of a uniquely european thing it is starting to change more we're starting to get that, but you know, you see these the footage of you know Vakken and Hellfest and stuff like that, and that a a, a legitimate like metal band can have sixty thousand people going off like that is a very special European thing. Yeah, and they I think more open to new sounds. Like it, it's a little bit more divided, I think, in the states. Just. Uh... Like you like your band and that's it. And then you can't watch the other band because mm, it's it's not part of your clique or your genre or whatever active rock is telling you to listen to. Yeah. Well, you, you've mentioned active rock a few times. Um, what are your observations on that as, you know, someone who's kind of seeing it from the outside? What do you mean by that? I mean, they, I mean, I, I, I get that not everyone are in this to, you know, search. I, personally, I love to search for music. I want to know everything. Yeah. And like, you know, I started with heavy metal and then, oh, thrash and speed metal came around and then death metal. I want to know everything, you know, like, and then other genres too. Like, I, I really, really want to know. And I get not everyone's like that. And whatever is, you get served, it's easy food, you know. People love to eat McDonald's every day because it's easy and they know what they're going to get. And, you know, it's just, 
could be it's the but it was, we again we're talking about like like what people like and it's very personal so i can't say it's wrong what i mean is just, yeah it, it's it molded in the same same kind of house <laughs> yeah it is kind of this it's kind of similar kind of the same course kind of the same melodies kind of the yeah. same course kind of the same build up it's very strange to me i'm not putting it down if people like it then whatever no that's not what i'm trying to say either it's just an yeah yeah i just i don't understand it when i listen to it and i don't want to name any specific bands but you know the octane type stuff i listen to that and it just it i don't understand because it's not heavy but it's also not pop i want it to be one or the other you know i like britney spears and i like deicide i don't want the sort of in the middle thing no and we had we had there moments like years ago when we did uh the album battles new management uh, new label stuff like that and they were like we should bring in some writers we should meet the writers and 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 they are very talented the writers are uh, good, you know they have their names you know they're good names and good done good stuff and and we were like okay let's say yes for once not be like oh, stubborn and be yeah. no that's usually what happens but let's be positive about it but it just it's not working for us you know like and 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 we we had some some songs that were like you should maybe you need to change your vocals cuz they are too harsh to work here and then i i'd be like yeah but then it's not us anymore it's like the, all of a sudden the whole vibe changes and 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 this the song is this is the way i want it to be like when i presented to the record label this is what i don't want to go back and 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 do something new to adapt to a listener because they can take you know this burger is you have mustard and 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 ketchup like this is the way it comes like this special cheese is on here for a reason <laughs> you know what I, mean? I, I don't know how to describe it in a different way because it's like it's just not working well, it's interesting that there's a lot of specifically the Swedish songwriting guys like Max Martin and Shellback and people like that are people from the metal scene or at least used to be into metal oh, and yeah. stuff. And I'm sure you've, you know, talked to them and it seems like that could be kind of interesting to have their point of view. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I have the Swedish melody. There's something about it. Yeah. Thank you, Abba. <laughs> <laughs> And rock set and or like I'm a previous bands too, you know. But there's a certain of a I think a certain melancholy that works with our melodies and and that really uh, people like for some reason. It's a certain way we put the chords together. I just think it's really interesting. I don't know if you've ever heard Shellback's old band. I forget their name, but they were I think they were on Nuclear Blast. I don't remember, but yeah, I, we talked about it once in a while. You know, yeah, you they were good. It. Back to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. And now he writes for Taylor Swift. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a what a strange little corner of the world. He got to work with Max, and then you know he got his foot in here, and obviously he's super talented. So, and there are tons of people like that that are super talented that never get the chance. They are not in the the right place at the right time, and so on. So, but uh, yeah, no. he's he's an amazing craftsmanship, and I am very happy for him that he can you know do what he does but he probably i i know i I would think he told me once that he was working on some you know hardcore album or something that's in the making but i don't know if it will ever see the light of day but i think it worked 10 years or something with with that album (laughs) right (laughs) then the weekend and tell us what comes in between well speaking of production um you've worked with howard benson on the last what three albums or something like that which yeah 
is uh, not the most obvious choice because he comes from, you know, Hubastank, Daughtry, Kelly Clarkson, you know, all American rejects, that sort of thing. And so I, I'm interested and I've, I've worked with him quite a bit as well. So I, I kind of know uh, how he does things. I'm, I'm interested in what kind of brought you to working with him. So prior to battles, this is like 2015, we were thinking about changing producer and we never really worked with someone with a name like that, you know, or, or we wanted to work with some, it, it wasn't necessarily an American, but someone that called himself producer, producer. We worked with a lot. Right. Rather than like an engineer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We worked with like, the people that we work with, super talented and have been amazing for us. I mean, they are the reason we are here, but, but we want to work with some, another one. And so, so we talked to a bunch, I think it was like six, six, seven, eight people with, you know, the resume was insane. Like the, the, the best of the best. Right. But Howard said to us, like, I don't want to change you guys. I just want to make you better, you know, at what you do at that time when we, when, when you record, cause some producer were like, ah, let's come here and you, uh, jam for three, four weeks. And we were like pre-production is super long and whatever and it was like nah that's not how we work you know like we that's not how we're that's not what we want to do uh so and then yeah so he convinced us and and it worked really well you know first time obviously you have a lot of respect that's attached to the name um the bands that you mentioned not that i listen to all of them but i'm aware of them you know Um, they're great at what they do yeah, 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 yeah. No, nothing, no, 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 nothing against, but at all. And and I mean, I am, I know a lot about. I follow what's happening, you know. So, so <laughs> I I know, but what I'm saying is like I I I'm not coming in to um, expect him to change us, or I don't want him to change us from in flames to my chemical romance or whatever, you know. Right. Like, um, and and. Uh, so I had, I think I had a little bit too much respect the first album. Then I got to know him, and the second album was way better. And now this one, you know, I feel we're the same family, and we talk the same language, and and we understand each other. You know, we go in, work really hard, and then we back off a little bit when it's we need to, you know, and give each other space. And I trust in him. I trust in him completely. I know he knows what he's doing you know so so yeah it's 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 really it's an it's become a very nice working relationship and it's important when you record to have that relaxed you you can't go in and be too afraid of someone you know like mm-hmm. or my ideas are not good enough you know put the ideas out there and if they are not good enough someone will tell you but don't be afraid to even say something. Yeah. But I can imagine, you know, working with someone like Howard, who with his resume and he's a pretty, you know, intense guy. I, I would be afraid to share ideas. <laughs> yeah, but you, when you know him, you know, it's like you know he's usually right. You know. Yeah. You know, and I I can be super stubborn too, and it's like I want this this way, and then he's like, yeah, yeah, okay, that's cool, but I would do it this way. You know. But so he gives you he gives you the choice. I mean, there's certain things too. When working this long, we know what we're good at too. Like I, I start to create a melody. I start to create something, and then he's like, mm, "That's not too bad. You got something there." And then he's like, "Oh, what about this harmony? What about this?" And then it becomes better. So you mentioned other people, you know, at the label or producers or whatever 
wanting you to change your vocals. And that was one of the biggest changes in the band is when you started using a lot more clean vocals because that wasn't really done in your genre at the time. And I think a lot of people would be like, oh, they only did that because the label made them do it. It oh, doesn't no. sound like that's the case. Where did no. that come from? No, no, no. I mean, that what I said previously was more like we recorded the song and then it wanted us to change, make it less harsh for the active rock or whatever, like, like, um, you know, to do a different version of the single or whatever. Uh, so see. no, that, that was just us. I mean, I, I tried a little bit more and more and more and, and with every album, I guess, you know, there's small attempts and, you know, tr I try, you know, I'm, um, now I am, now I am so used to it. And I think I, I know my instruments, my instrument way better. Uh, but yeah, no, it was, it came very natural. And again, we didn't want to do the same. So when for, I mean, for re the, the biggest change for us, I think, uh, in style or sound or whatever, that's between Clayman and Reroute, you know, like, like it's, uh, cause we changed producer, we changed studio, we changed a lot of things. So it was a bit maybe too drastic for some people, but for us, it was extremely natural. And, and, and that producer wanted things to be a little bit different. And, you know, we worked super intense with the, the vocals and, and stuff like that. And he really pushed me and trying to do something else. And then I was happy. I was ready. I guess <laughs> the vocals has to fit the music too. It has, it's like, I can't do something that is completely different. It's, it's like, it, it's, it all belongs within the same, painting it i don't want to have any super off colors or something that is really off-putting i want it's, it needs to be a balance you know i find it interesting how there's these kind of rigid rules in metal that you're not allowed to break and in flames broke two of them you can't have clean vocals and you can't have keyboards <laughs> at least back back in the day yeah 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 exactly you know and i don't mind breaking the rules at all because at the end of the day these are i live and die with these songs and, and, and I have to be happy, you know, and I, I, I want to take people off guard a little bit. I mean, our DNA is melody and aggression, but I, if I can push the boundaries a little bit and, and, and with every new album that we released, we always push where the line, where's in flames, least good album. Like it, cause when we released, you know, just race was my first. So when I started doing interviews for Horacle, it was not as good as just race. And then, colony came and it was not as good as right. <laughs> yes right and it, that's how it's been you know so i think in 10, ten years time this new one will be an inflames classic <laughs> <laughs> it does take 10 years for people to appreciate things yeah uh, yeah yeah <laughs> it, it's interesting to see that you know i'll take a band like limp biscuit who everybody just absolutely hated when they came out like 100 universally hated in the metal scene and now Everybody loves them. And I'm not saying that they're good or bad. Like you can think what you want about them. I just think it's interesting how opinions change over time and what was trash today becomes a classic in 10 or 20 years. Yeah. And it is, we're so much in nostalgia too, right? That's where like, we were afraid of something new, something different. And then we look around, we want to fit in a group. You know, your friends say, I love this and you want to belong to that group and you'll be like, yeah, I like this too. And then 
when you're home alone, you listen to something else and you'd be like, this is the best ever, you know. Uh, but and yeah, I, I've seen people go apeshit to Limp Bizkit now when they're out touring. So, yeah. Yeah, times change. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. And uh, good luck with everything. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. All right, my friends, that does it for this episode of the podcast. If you made it this far, thank you. Thank you for listening. We sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to help the show, there's a couple things that you can do. First of all, share it on social media. If you share it, tag us, tag Finn McKenty, that's me, and tag Deanna Chapman, that's a producer. Second thing you can do, if you really, really, really love us and really want to support us, you can support us on Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening to this, or you can do none of that, and you can just sit at home, think about how awesome this podcast is. That works too. Again, thank you very much to each and every one of you for listening. We sincerely appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Hello out there. Yes, hello out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.